Hello, Dwayne Grummet here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, good day, Ali. You got your uh, dog with you. Who's that? Yeah. Well, you got to start introducing him as well. His name is Ninja. Ninja. It's so funny. He's on my lap most of the time. No one sees him unless he tries to stand up, and I look like I'm weird because my arms are pushing down. Like he's on. He he lives on my lap all day long. It's it's very hot and sweaty, but uh, he's he's very much a, a, a you know dependent on physical contact all day. He's a cute little thing, but um. Yeah, so, hey, good to be with you again. I can't believe it's ready the end of October. You know, for those that are listening and watching this uh, from months later, it's the year has just literally flown by. I mean, I can't stand it because, you know, as you get older, it seems that things are going much quicker. And, um, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I'm like, God, I'm getting old, older very fast nowadays, you know, older. So, um, so how's it going with you? man. Yeah. Hey, I see, and I don't uh, know if the people can see your photo back there. Um, I, like, I don't know if they see the wide angle on Facebook, but I'm going to, I wanted to point out that most awesome pillow. Remember, you told me the story of that pillow, which is so, so cool. Yeah, um, yeah it was a gift from your wife, right? And she, it was from your dad, or? Well, yeah, so I'll, I'll go solo here so they can actually see it. But, um, yeah, so it was one of my dad, my dad died when I was 15 years old, and um, I, I had a few of his jackets, you know, sports jackets that he would wear. And my, my, my wife took one of those jackets uh, to a seamstress and they broke it down and then made it into a pillow. How cool is that? And don't you have a note in one of the pockets or a card or something like as a memento, something, something that kind of ties you to him? There's a bunch of pictures that are in there. There's more on the wall up there, right. him and I together, but there's other pictures in there. In fact, some of the pictures are, are of him in that particular suit with me. That's great. That's great. So so um, you should make more of those and sell them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> our, our, our conversation is about retail today, right? And, you know, retail, yeah. you know, um, selling, selling and retailing with integrity and, and getting over the hump of, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I want to call it guilt, but a lot of school owners, and I used to feel this way. I don't know if you did too, where there was a time that if someone said, hey, Sheehan, on the floor while they're training, how much is a t-shirt? I go, listen, we don't discuss money while training, right? And I still don't. But, um, you know, and people would ask me, and I almost felt like that was a taboo to, to sell things to people other than right. martial arts training. Like, I almost felt like I was a sellout. I was the McDojo. Um, you know, that kind of mindset. And, um, you know, I really didn't feel good about it. So uh, nowadays, uh, you know, my, of course, years and years later, I realized that, that was a dumb way to think. And, um, you know, I've moved on from that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting, interesting dynamic. What do you think about that? We talked last week a little bit about retail and redoing your shop and putting that time and effort into it. And you were like more like, I just don't have the energy or the time or whatever. So, like, what what are your thoughts on the whole retail concept in general and, and selling? And well, I think it's a smart idea to, um, at the very least, build retail into your curriculum. Um, and most of us do that to a certain to a certain degree. But I think it's a smart smart idea. So, weapons at the appropriate time, sparring gear at the appropriate time, even uh, upgrade programs that have different uniforms and stuff like that. I don't know how I feel with regards to – actually, I know how I feel. I feel envious, and I feel um, like you're dipping into somebody's pocket too much. So I have a, a, 
a dichotomy of feelings here with regards to school owners that have programs where, you know, once they get to the intermediate level, then there's this uniform. Once they get to advanced level, it's another uniform. And I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm envious because they're continually having their uh, clients purchase new uniforms at least every year, if not more often, because they're moving up. Does that make sense? It totally does. And and I almost, and, and here's the thing, too, I almost feel like, you know, I, I have this, um, I wrote an article called uh, Convenience Morality, right? So we all feel strongly about what we believe, but at the same time, we all have our belief that, hey, Ali Alvarigo's pushed over the line, you know, like he's, or whoever's doing that with the new gi, like, you know, um, they're over the line, right? And they went too far. They're dipping into, they're gouging their customers and things like that. I feel as long as no matter what you do, you're upfront and honest about it in the beginning, and it's not like you don't hit people with it and go, oh, by the way, you have to uh, sign up for the master's program or else you're not allowed to train anymore, and that's $4,800 a year, and, you know, they never knew about it. Now they're two years invested, and their kid loves it, and they love it, but now they have to quit because you've surprised them with some crazy scheme that you have going on. But but um, as long as you're up front and you say, hey, at, at Yellow Belt level, we start giving the option of wearing this kind of cool stars and stripes uniform. You don't have to, but the option is if you want to, you can. And the majority of kids, you're up front and honest, you say the majority of kids are going to want it. So I just want you to know about it. And then, so they're not blindsided, right? But I, I don't charge extra for special uniforms and colors, but they're in different programs. They're allowed to wear specific uniforms. And if they're not in that program, they can't. I do have that as an option, but I never force people into it other than when they get to purple belt level, everyone in my school has to be black in black belt. You know, other, and the reason a, why yeah, is like... You say, you say a black uniform? No, black belt club. Oh, black belt club, gotcha. Yeah, so, um, so uh, the, you know, we only wear black uniforms, but the black belt club, they're allowed to wear a quilted jiu-jitsu gi, heavyweight gi, which is really cool with a black belt club patch. But and they, that's optional all the way up to purple belt. When I, but my my mindset around that is at purple belt level they're on their way to brown and then black. I want them to be in the black belt club wearing the heavyweight uniform, coming to a few of those extra seminars a year, showing me that they're interested in really being in, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I want. I, what is your feeling like? Why Why do you think that maybe certain people don't like? Um, to retail, like school owners, like what is it? Do you feel that it's more of a fear of, of, of like people's perception? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's individual perception. So it's a school owner's perception of I don't want to be nickel and diamond people to death. I mean, that's why my right. program is all inclusive, um, you know. And you, you you always hear about the schools that you know have these. Uh, testing fees all the time, and then you got to buy a new uh, uniform, and and I guess you, I don't know, I guess you get that from people that have quit and feel like they were nickel and dime to death, and then they talk about those schools, and that's part of their bad experience. But what you don't hear is you don't hear the ones that are still having a good experience there, and so I don't know, maybe I'm just hearing one side of the coin and not. So, the other side, so you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think it comes from, it's all baggage, right, Dwayne? It's, it's all baggage, right? It's all meaning like um, 
we've had an experience years ago, maybe we trained with our, our martial art teachers years ago, and it was like taboo to talk about money. Like you never, ever discussed money, right? So um, when, when you discussed money, um, what happened was you felt like you were selling out. Like that's what our old teachers would tell us, right? You remember that with those days, like, you know, don't talk about money, you know, put your $12 in the envelope and get out of here kind of mindset, right? Um, right. So I think I think that we still to this day have a little bit, and I still do have a little bit of that fear in me that how are they going to perceive what I'm trying to give them or sell them? However, if you just simply take our personality out and our martial arts out of it and our old baggage of fear out of it, and you look at any business, there's always going to be options and upgrades and availability for more retail product. Go look at Starbucks. I'm positive that Starbucks has not one shred of guilt by offering a mug for sale and CDs and scones and different drinks, hot and cold, right? Um, and, and Christmas music and, and uh, you know, uh, Starbucks unlimited package. Well, do you think the owners of Starbucks are going, I really feel guilty about all of this stuff. I feel really so bad about retailing and having too much and I'm dipping into these clients' pockets. Right? This there's no, there's no thought of that. Like, why, why as school owners do we have even a shred of that mindset when it comes to we're not forcing people. Like, when I train with my teacher, I love him, I love him to death. But years ago, I'd walk in, and we'd walk through the door, and he'd go, here's your T-shirt. He'd throw it at me. I'd catch it. And I'd go, can I have a size large that's an extra large? Sure. And, and, and I was like, you go pay me next week. Like, no questions asked. He just bought T-shirts. And everyone that came through the door, he threw them at him. And he said, pay me next week. You didn't have a choice. If you didn't want it, you didn't train. Like, he gave it to you. And that was – so that was kind of a little hard. Um, I remember my teacher in Japan, there was 400 of us at a Taikai in Japan training. He says, afternoon session after lunch, we're going to do uh, jujitsu. Uh, you need to have the hachimaki headband. We have them over there for sale. They're $20. There was lines of people because he wouldn't let you to train without the headband. I'm like, right. I'm like, I'm smiling and going, wow. Like he knew he was going to sell 400 headbands at 15 or 20 bucks. There's no questions asked because if you didn't buy it, go home and you were there to, to go to that seminar. Right. You know, so that I kind of felt was a little unfair and a little bit of like, you know, kind of forceful selling, but I love the headband. I still have it. Um, I wasn't really entirely happy at the moment, but you know what, that, that's part of what he did. But I don't do that to my clients, but still people always feel bad about retailing, about selling, about upgrading, about, you know, they look at it as a taboo, but nothing in this world, no, nothing in this world goes on without selling, right? You got to sell yourself to your spouse. You sell yourself to the new relationship. You sell yourself to your friends. You know, you sell yourself to your bosses. And, you know, it's all about presentation and sales and not feeling terrible about it, but doing it with integrity. Like you, you know, like you said, like you have it on the, on the picture right now, like not gouging, ripping off, scamming, you know, forcing people into do things that they don't need to do without them knowing that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. What do you, do you see what uh, Frank wrote there? Let's see. Frank from Bermuda, Frank Burgess, one of my favorite guys. I know him for like geez now, uh, 30 years, 25, 25 years. Frank has been my student for a long time. He runs a school in Bermuda. And, and let me preference this. He wrote, when you mention money, people go quiet. Sure, they don't question. It's when it's for personal use, but so now, so is it what we're teaching. Um, 
when when you mention money, people go quiet. Sure, they don't question it when it's for personal use, but so it is what we are teaching. Um, and the brick. I don't know what he means by that, um, but I know that he's saying when you when you mention it and they're going out to the pub and they're going to go to the movies or they're going to go to a restaurant or they're going to go buy a shirt for themselves at their local favorite you know Nike shop. There's no question they're updating their iPhone for twelve hundred bucks, right? But so so the real answer to that question, Frank, is this: um, it's about budgeting. If people have a budget set aside for like spending money just to blow, then they can spend it on whatever they want. But if they're forced into buying something that they didn't know they had to buy and it wasn't clearly told to them, then they get upset about it. Like, oh, my God, he's going to nickel and dime me? But if you tell them all along, you tell them ahead of time they're going to need that kind of gear at White Belt, that kind of gear at Yellow Belt. Like, I tell them the minute they join, I go, listen, from beginner to black belt takes about six and a half years in my school. If, If you're really good, five and a half years, but that's very far and few between. I said, within that six years, you're going to spend about $650, depending on your take. Um, and uh, some some more because they want the high-end stuff, some less because they want the low-end stuff. But it's about 600 bucks, about $100 a year additional. So put that in your mind and just get 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 that so you know, if additional to your tuition, you're going to have to buy that sparring gear, white belt, that yellow belt, that, that yellow belt gear. So they know. And if they claim they didn't know, either they weren't listening or I didn't do my job enough to keep pre-framing them. Like, you know, when they're close to the yellow belt, I send them out an email three months in advance. Here's some deals and discounts on the gear you're going to need for your next belt. Remember? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think pre-framing people that those things are going to be coming is uh, uh, vitally important. But, you know, I remember when we did those, uh, we did the interviews, right, with uh, a couple of my clients. And you were talking about the fact that, you know, what do you, how do you feel uh, about when Mr. Brummett has T-shirts for sale or has, you know, these other special events that are going on that cost extra? And it was a, it was a good, it was a good eye opener for me. Yeah. That you know what I mean? That they were um, okay with those things. In fact, they thought that they were, you know, necessary to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely like they're like. Like, for instance, you know, um, they realize you need to have a baseball mitt to play baseball. They realize you need a bat and cleats, right? You know, they realize that in order to shoot archery, you need to have a bow and an arrow, right? You know, that kind of thing. So they expect it, and it's quite clear their expectations. So I've found that I've taken on – I used to have a bit of saying that I use quite often. I might have even used it when we first met a bunch of times. It was more like – People are idiots. They just don't get it. They don't listen. They don't pay attention. They're stupid. They they don't care. You know, like negative stuff like that because I wasn't getting through to them. So, like, for instance, I just sent out an email this morning for my holiday party on December 14th it's a, from Spark and Automation, an email, and then I follow up immediately with a text message. So the email is blah, blah, blah. Here's our holiday party sign up here. The text message they get is, did you get our email for the holiday party? So that they might have not gotten the email. It might have went into spam. So the text message verifies. And I had like four or five people that said I never got it. Two of them, I said, check your spam folder, and they did, and it somehow went into their spam folder. The other two, the email addresses were off by a, a dot or a number. Mm-hmm. So it's important for me to really follow up and follow through because when they don't know, who suffers? Me. Like they're not going to come to my Christmas party. And then they suffer because they don't feel like they were invited, right? So. So we have to communicate on a much better basis. So anyway, Frank meant when he said, and the bricks, 
Frank said on there. By the way, the story is when Tony Mutasente did a raffle at the end of his Kai Kai, and I think they were breaking brick, or they had a brick that they did something with that was special that Tony Mutasente was using, so he raffled the brick off. Someone paid like 300 bucks to have a brick signed by the teacher, so that's what he's talking about, and the brick. Um, so uh, so uh, it was pretty interesting that he brought that up because I forgot all about it. So Frank wrote, would, would have been funny to cuss, watch customs officer oh, declaring the brick. He's still on the brick thing. <laughs> He's like, um, yeah, it would have been funny. Like, why are you bringing a brick out of the country? Like, what's this for? Uh, you know, it's, it's signed by my teacher. Um, so anyway, so what, so what do you think about that? You know, selling with integrity, like what, what are some of the hangups that you have as a school owner, right? Like, I know I interviewed you last week and kind of, like, what do you, do you feel that people might be like, oh, Dwayne's selling little ninja rubber duckies. Like, what a sellout. Like, you know, or Dwayne's got another shirt. Like, you don't force people to buy the shirts, but so why not make yeah. it available? Yeah, I, it, I I will say that I found that I have to do it on a certain seasons. Uh, I can't just do it willy-nilly. There there needs to be a uh, a season or an event attached to those type of things in order to or for the sales to – um, increase, you know, just having a product to have a new product and there's not some sort of event or seasonal thing that's attached to it doesn't work very well. So I'm not going right. to, you know, introduce a new, a new backpack right now. It's just not going to, you know, it's not the time yeah. to do that. So, uh, oh, you're right. that, that, yeah, that part is important. Um, it's, it's the inventory, man. It, it really is having all that inventory, yeah. like I said last week, and moving the crap around. You know, right. hey, let me ask you a question really quickly. Do you feel like you're getting feedback when I talk? No, I don't hear it. Why someone else have it? No, no, no. It's in my ear. Every time I talk, I keep hearing something back. So, um, so, so I just it's, it's slap, slapping back at you, like you hear yourself. No, I hear some sort of ringing or something. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. But anyway, it's annoying. But anyways, it's only when I talk, so that's all right. That's weird. It'll shut me up for the day. Uh, nah, <laughs> but we don't want that to happen. I think part of it is the, the, the inventory. You know, having a, a plethora of inventory is not something that I want to have. And then, I'm I, again, I'm lazy. I don't want to move all that crap around. But what you told me right. is delegate that to somebody else. But then yeah. I have to make sure that they that's make sure they did it, you know. That's, yeah, that's and again, it, I think it really boils down to like you know school owners not wanting to put another thing on their plate. Like you know, it's hard enough to run a school and and sign people up and upgrade people if you have upgrades and to renew them when they need to renew and to make sure they're paying their tuition and blah 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 blah. Right, like that's all very <sighs> much. It's a lot of work. I'm tired. Like. I am, my teacher from Japan used to say, are you a good tired or a bad tired? You know, bad tired is when you're aggravated and upset and angry. A good tired is when you come home and you're like, oh, and I tell my, my fiance, we sit to dinner. I go, I had a great day. I had four trial classes. They tried it out. Two of them signed up and yeah, we're growing and, and people are happy. You know, that's a good day. So, um, you know, but I think that we, we look at that retail as that, you know, um, you know, redheaded stepchild and I don't mean that's a stupid saying because I you know but you know it's like that that's from that movie um but uh you know we look at it as that one of those tasks that are bad yes let me ask a question and I don't know the answer to this and I don't know if you have the answer to this um it would be interesting what percentage of your gross profit 
right should be retail sales i mean if you're if you're doing it effectively what percentage of your gross profit should be retail sales do you think and and let me just say that uh i don't have it on me right now but let's say that we grossed it wasn't quite 350,000 last year um let's just say it was 325 Let's say it was right. 325,000 gross last year, and I did 25,000, a little over, but let's say $25,000 in retail sales. I don't know what that percentage is. So, I, yeah, is there a good not, I, I, Yeah, go ahead. Well, like, I, I would say it really, the answer to that question would be it really all depends, right? And what I mean by that is, is that, it depends on the retail operation that you have. In other words, if you have weaponry and you have, like me, I have 16 different weapons tied into the curriculum. So like I said, over the lifetime of a student, um, they're going to spend about 600, 650 bucks for the, for the lifetime, um, for Q level required curriculum weaponry and gear, sparring gear, mouthpiece, headgear, bags, you know, et cetera, et cetera, weapons, bow staff, et cetera. Um, so that doesn't include the amount of T-shirts they buy, the equipment they buy, the, you know, the bags, the gear bags, the jackets, the sweatshirts in the wintertime and so on. So my idea is always to try to get to spend at least $20 a month on average, right? So that over the course of 12 months, that would be 240 bucks a year times the amount of students that you have for my school. Um, and uh, But every school is different. Like if you all you do is sell T-shirts, then that's not really going to be possible for you to hit those numbers. If all you have is right. one jacket design and, you know, but it depends on what you're retailing, you know, so if every school is totally different. Um, but I would say it's good to be at around the 10% range of your gross retail okay, so, for the month. Yeah. So here's what there. I just did. I figured that all out and I was uh, 7.69, 7.69. So if I can jump up for two and a half points. Yes, yeah. yes. So I can jump up two and a half points. If I'm grossing, let's say, uh, let's just throw out 30000 in a month, right. then, you know, obviously, you know, 10% of that I need to have as retail. Right. right. And, and that would, that would, that's incredible, though, because if you think about it, I mean, when, the weird thing about numbers is this. It's like everyone thinks of them and go like, well, I'm only going to retail, um, I don't know, I'm going to make $300 a month extra in retail. Why bother? Okay, well, 300 times 12 is 3600 a year. That's a massive vacation. Um, that's a, a mortgage payment on a small condo in Florida, you know, in the right area, right? You know, something like that. That's, you know, that's a paying down credit card debt, some money towards college savings. So, it's worth every bit of time, energy, and effort to do that, right? Um, so it's really all about establishing, you know, right. that kind of mindset, right. right? So so ROI usually means return on investment. Mm -hmm. We did a call on this, too, and I don't know why this just hit me. Um, but ROI, in this case, for someone like me is uh, – you know, what is the return on inaction? Oh, yeah, there you go. I like that. And so, you know, I am missing, in that scenario, I'm missing $3,600 in a year. Yeah, right. Yeah, when you look at it and you go like, hey, 
you know, honey, let's go on vacation to Italy. And, and you say, well, maybe not this year because we don't have the money because I was lazy and didn't want to put extra effort into doing retail. Or COI, it's COI, cost of inaction. Rather than yeah. ROI, it's COI, cost of inaction. Exactly. So, and, and this is something that a lot of people will just, their, their, their attitudes, how their baggage, their upbringing, um, says, you know, don't retail, right? They're, they're, their money, you can't retail, their money, their money, money, um, money blueprint. Uh, T. Hard Rucker right. wrote a book, uh, yeah. About I can't think of the name now. I read the book years ago, but uh, yeah, it's funny how if we if we would just operate on the information that we know, our schools would right. be much more successful, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And listen, I I've been I've only had two jobs in my entire life. One was when I was like 15, and I worked at a frame manufacturing for picture frames, and we made these really cool puffy. Uh, picture frames out of leather, and I, I within a, and I'm li- I'm young, 15, 16 years old. Um, within like a few months, I was doing deliveries and running operations in the warehouse, right? Because I just had that mindset. The next business was with my old martial arts teacher. I managed a video store for him and and his martial arts school when I was 16. Um, and uh, long story short, that was it. Ever since then, I've been self-employed. Um, so I always knew, like, if I need money. I need to make money. I can't hope and pray that it's going to poof and fall out of the sky. I, I never really wished to marry a, a wealthy, you know, woman, you know, or, you know, a millionaire heiress or something from a family, which would have been nice. Um, but, uh, you know, so to me, whatever I make, I make. You know what I mean? I have to make it. That's, that's the only way it's going to happen. So I always used to say, like, wow, how cool is it that we own martial arts schools and we have legal Legal permission to print money, meaning like we come up with an idea, we're going to have a competition basket weaving, you know, and at the end we'll smash them over each other's heads and that's the winner with the most smashes. You know, we come up with this silly, crazy idea and then we promote it and we get people behind it and then they join it and we, we literally printed our own money. So I don't think enough school owners do that. I don't think they spend enough time thinking about where they're going to do special events, whether they're going to do a summer camp. They're they're always behind the eight ball because they're caught in what you and I say, the thick of things, the day-to-day, the hamster wheel. And they don't dip their head out enough to be able to look at the picture, the big picture. And you've spoken about this numerous times, and I don't know if you do this anymore, but you used to go away for a weekend once a year by yourself. And brainstorm, just sit in a hotel, go out to dinner, write down your goals, your, your ideas, and all that. So, um, you know, we need to do more of that to look at that and really put together plans so that we could print our own money, so to speak. And the, yeah, and I'll tell you what, the scenery, just change, just changing your uh, uh, address for that amount of time makes a big deal. I mean, it's, it's super right. impactful. Yeah, it's and you know what? It's goofy, right? It's just it's weird that you need to go do that, but you do. Well, it's not really because you know what? When you're in your own element, um, like for instance, I came home last night at my East Side of Georgia. We close at seven. Where last class ends at seven. At West, it ends at eight. So when I teach at East, I'm home early. So like, I come home to Nicole, and she's cooking dinner, and I come in the office. It's like I'm drawn like a fly to a light. You know, and I'm drawing and I'm in, she's going to, you're going to go in the office. I got, I just got a few emails to blah, blah. And then I said, you know what? 
I shut my monitors off and shut the sound off and I went in the kitchen. I go, what's more important, answering one or two emails that could get done in the morning? Um, they're probably not going to read them now anyway. And if they do, they're not going to respond until tomorrow. So, um, so anyway, long story short, you know, I shut down. I shut off. Right? So, so anyway, I, you know, you know I, 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 I hear you. I suggested that. Um, and, and anyway, so, uh, so long story short, I came and I shut off. And sometimes you need to do that. You need to go away. That's why I went and I spoke at the uh, Martial Art World Summit um, and drove down. Because Nicole and I sing. We listen to music. We talk. We stop for, for a sandwich. We went out to dinner before it. It, it's that downtime. It's that change of scenery. It's that fun, you know, being out of your natural environment kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, so, yeah. That's, totally, that's totally important. Yeah. So, so I mean, that, that's that's one of the most important things I think that a lot of people are missing. So I think that, that really, number one, they have to get over their fear. You could sell anything. Like, for example, one of my girls uh, used to manage and teach for me. She, um, as a side business, used to knit hats, wool hats, and scarves, and then she made these really cool little keychains, knitting, and classic beads, and she said, hey, hey, Shan, can I sell those at the school? I'm like, sure. You're going to make some money off of it, put them on the counter, and take orders. Well, lo and behold, she was making a fortune, like a little mini fortune selling them, so you'd go like, uh, in my head, I'm thinking like, wow, we could be selling knit caps, we could be selling scarves, you know, like, but I, I know that they probably bought them more because they were from her and they were helping her. But it just shows that people didn't go, oh, they're nickel and diamond us now. They're selling scarves. They knew she was selling it for herself, but they were buying them up. The thing that bothered me most was when I ordered them, she charged me full price. She didn't even give me a deal. I was making her all that money ah. using my clients, and then she charged me full price on my scarves. So that sometimes is annoying, but but I would have expected a little bit of a, a special sheet on price, you know, that kind of thing, but I didn't get it. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, that's where the first thing is getting over the phobia. Then thinking like, thinking like we said last week, removing yourself as a school owner and just saying, hey, I'm a tenant in, and I'm going to open up a martial arts store in, in Dwayne's school. Um, what would I sell to that clientele? I have a fixed amount of people with different age groups, and some of them are siblings that don't train. Some of them are girls that are to dance. Some of them are moms and grandparents. What can I have to appeal to them? so that I can make my rent that, that Dwayne charges me to run a store in his school, right? And, it, and yeah. then you, you would think differently that way because you wouldn't be like, you know, if, if it was a tenant, you would go, no, 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 you can't sell little ninja rubber duckies or you can't sell wool caps. It just doesn't fit our motto, right? Like, and you got to just kind of break and snap away from that a little bit more and, and you know, and put it in their face more often. So uh, James wrote some stuff. Let's see what he said. He said, before the end of this today, I'm curious about Ali's Facebook leads that he did the three-month special. How many joined? Then he wrote, and I saw Dwayne Brummett add the video one walking through his school. I'd be curious about how it's doing. Um, you want to just jump on that before we move on to the next yeah, topic? The video, yeah, well, quickly, the video one is not a Facebook ad. It's just a video that I did, and I've actually gotten a lot of people to share it. Um, and I just, I just put that up last night, I think probably around four o'clock, uh, in the evening oh. is when it actually, uh, went up. So, uh, I don't cool. have any, it's a Halloween special, but I don't have anybody that's uh, purchased it yet. Okay. So that's cool. And then, um, James, uh, Brett, I, I, you got to change that because it's, it's Brett Dunlap and he likes to be called Brett. So, uh, so, um, 
But with the Facebook one month, I have to say that it's doing really, really well. Um, tons and tons of people are coming in. And I have to say that I love it the most because it's, it switched my dynamic of sales where I've now this very holistic, relaxed approach to selling, where I almost, like you in a way, Dwayne, you sell from the 20-mile snapshot up top and you send them out emails. It's not that hard pressure. you got to sign up within the first three classes. It's 199 a month down and this and that. And come on, sign up now, rah, rah, rah. And they're like, ah, do I do it? And some people just pull away because of the pressure. Some people dive in and then they regret it. And it's, So now it's just like, hey, dude, this is what I tell everybody. No joke. And I honestly feel this way from my heart. You get a whole entire month to fall in love with what we do. I get a whole entire month to fall in love with you guys as well. I, I want to know the relationship is great between us, and you appreciate what we do and really love what we do. So you have a whole month to figure that out. No pressure. No, no high-end sales, no gimmicks, no meetings. And I don't, like, you know, along the way I'll say, hey, how, hey, Dwayne, how's everything going with your son? How are you liking it? Oh, he loves it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you like it as well, Dwayne? Awesome. Very cool. Okay, good. Well, you got about two more weeks. Let's have a conversation next time we see each other about your thoughts on whether you want to continue. No pressure. I get people coming up to me, just had it Monday night, where they're like, can you please sign me up? And I'm like, of course. Would it sign up for what? Like, I forgot that they weren't an actual student because they're plugged into everything as if they joined. They got the free month. They get the welcome to the family packet. They get all the emails. They get tagged with everything we do. I mean, I have people that are in one-month trials that are signed up for my Christmas party in December. So what does that tell you? They're thinking it's yeah. staying, aren't they? You know, so I'm happy mm-hmm. like this. They feel connected to it, and I'm like, wow, it's really taken the pressure off me when it comes to that whole hard sell, dynamic selling. And, and I also, I've had one or two families where I'm like, eh, I don't like their attitude. So I never pursued yep. them. Um, you know, one was never prepared. They're always showing up late. The mom's complaining about the dad and they're, you know, talking about everything negatively in the lobby. I'm like, I don't think I want them around. So I didn't really stay on top of them. I let them kind of fizzle out. I didn't do the follow-up, follow-through and all that other stuff. So, so uh, yeah, Brett, it's been working great for me. And I've probably so far since I started the one-month special signed up, I think I told you before, Jim, was it like 18, I said before, 18 of them into full year memberships, which for me, if they're in the basic membership, it's 135 times 18. So it's grossly $2,400 a month times 12. Um, that's 30 grand a year. Um, and my marketing cost me, you know, probably about maybe 15 grand a year. So the, the marketing program is paid in full in perpetuity. And I've made a profit above and beyond. And now everything else is great. Make sense? So that, I hope that yeah, answered yeah. your question. Yeah, he also asked, do you give a free uniform as well? Nope, I don't give anything free. Another really cool thing, because in my school, there are two uniforms, a starter uniform, which is sweatpants and a T-shirt, and then they earn their gi. Um, But I don't give them anything. So they just show up, and that's like, hey, how do we get the uniform? I said, oh, don't worry about that. They'll just come in regular clothes. Like, I kind of like, I don't go, oh, well, if you join, you get the uniform. I go, don't worry about that. Let's just see how they do. And then if you join, then I'll say, then we'll get you everything. It's fully included. So I don't give out anything. The month free doesn't cost me a penny, just space on the floor. Gotcha. Yeah, and we do uh, usually a two-week free trial, although I, I, I do have some 30 days that are out there. And we do uh, – I give them a, a belt because I want them to earn their skill stripes and stuff, but that's it. 
um, with right. with regards to getting getting something. And all yeah. those belts are, you know, the thousand belts that you have that are white that just sit yeah. in the closet. That's what yeah. those are. Yeah, and, and in fact, I just sold a bunch of them to two of my clients because they don't have those belts. Like, they buy uniforms without belts. So they're like, I need white belts. I'm like, guys, I have boxes of them. Like, no joke, I probably have 5,000 belts in boxes. Um, oh, I believe it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we talked about integrity this morning. You know, um, we always discuss, let the listeners know, you and I always discuss, like, what are we going to talk about? Um, and I said to you, uh, you know, closing with integrity, right? And and uh, I meant like selling, closing the sale with integrity. But you thought closing the school with integrity, right? So that's another. Yeah. There's another scary portion, right? Like you're a master of closing the school down. So is my buddy, um, Toki Joan Oschlager. He he lives within a big Jewish community, so he's closed for every Jewish holiday, every Christian holiday, every school holiday. And I'm like, hey, you open today? He's like, of course not. School's closed. I'm closed. You know, and he, and he sends me a picture of him sitting out on his porch enjoying the day. So, um, but a lot of us struggle. Like one of my clients struggles. I'm like, are you going to close today? He's like, no, 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 I'm open. It's Christmas Eve. That doesn't start till 4. I'm going to do classes up to 340. I'm like, dude, take off and relax with your family. Like, why are you doing that? No one's going to show you. He goes, no, I got, I got like at least eight people came. I go, out of how many? You know, like. So that the diehards would rather you close so that you could let them have a day off, and then the ones that aren't diehards just staying home. So tell us about that. Like, how did you overcome, you know, closing your school down for – and tell everybody, and you've discussed this many times, how many weeks and what the vacations and your concept on it and so on. Sure. Uh, this started years ago with uh, – remember when, when there was a company out there called PPS? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Cassidy. Solutions. Go yeah. Well, I I met uh, a gentleman through that. His name is Mike Pace, and okay. I had talked with him on the phone, um, and he was talking about all the times that he was closed. And uh-huh. I said, "Are you serious?" He said, "Yeah." And I was scared to do it the very first time, you know, the very first year that we did it, and I've not had a problem since. And when I say I've not had a problem. It doesn't mean that I've not had um, parents ask questions or say, oh, does this month cost cheaper than the next? You know, I I do have that. Part of it is it's got to be prefaced or, you know, educated in the beginning when we say that our tuition is based on a a 46-week year, not a 52-week year. So they need to know that up front, which that's what we do now. And when I say now, it's not like I just implemented that, but that's what we do compared to when I first did that. I have uh, – I, I used to be open on, let's say, President's Day and Columbus Day, mm-hmm. uh, but I've since added, added those in and closed as well. But even like today, today is October 30th. Tomorrow is the 31st. Because the 31st falls on a Thursday, we will close on that Thursday. But we also are closed today. Because my my school basically operates four days a week. So you come Monday, Wednesday, or you come Tuesday, Thursday. And so I can't have the Monday, Wednesday people getting more than the Tuesday, Thursday people. So I can't be open today. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. Um, and then Fridays, we just do uh, our staff meeting and then private lessons or any events and those type of things. And so we run our school Monday through Friday. I'm not open on Saturdays for classes. 
we do have special events or birthday parties and those type of things, but there's no classes that are happening. And so, yes, we do close probably about uh, five and a half weeks out of the year, almost six weeks. So, so let me just reiterate that for the listeners. So like, and let me ask the question first. So you did feel like maybe in the beginning, like what, what will people think? Like, did you struggle with that a little? A little, I did. Yeah, so some people may now say like, "Oh, you're closed that many days," but they don't they don't care because you're telling them up front, right? They never go like, "I want a discount. Well, I'm paying you tuition every month. You're taking off five weeks a year. I want that money back. You charge me for eleven months instead of twelve, right? You don't have that issue, do you?" No, because we don't base it on a fifty-two week year. Right, right. So how do you do it? So that way, it's a twelve month. It's twelve months of tuition, though, right? It is. So this is how much the tuition is throughout the year based upon a 46-week year, and we divide it by 12, so that way it's easier to pay. Otherwise, I mean, you could pay it in full every year, but why would you do that when you can pay it monthly? Right. So, yeah, so it's really about pre-framing, right, pre-framing the clientele and making sure they know. And, like, for example, um, my East Islip school is – it used to be open six days a week, right? So I was six days a week there, six days a week in West. And then when I decided to scale it back ever so slightly, you know, I figured like, okay, that's going to be the small school. The headquarters school is the big school, right? So I have six days a week at the headquarters, and now I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm closed on Thursdays and Saturdays at East Iceland. I don't hear one complaint in the world from people that go, oh, you have five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, or four days a week. Um, you know, uh, and I say, well, listen, if you want to do more classes, just go to our West Iceland school. So at least I have that. But um, but I don't see people complaining. They do four days a week, and they're happy. They get there. They're only allowed to come three, by the way. Anyway, there's a there's a school here in town. I would say that they're they're the only other uh, full time school, and uh, they are closed on Wednesdays, and they're open on Saturdays. So they operate, you know, obviously Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I think that to me is really about us, again, goes back to that baggage and our perception. I mean, um, there are certain schools, like your school, where you're not open on the weekends. I kind of love that. I mean, I I teach Saturday mornings from 8 to 12, and by the time I get home, I'm exhausted. Um, and then I sleep for like an hour and a half, and then we go about our day. But, but what, last weekend, I took off Saturday and Sunday, and it was really kind of nice just to have that downtime. Um, so... So, yeah, I, I like what you do, and, and you're not affected by it. It's not like you're having a problem getting students. You know, you have over 200-plus students, you know, 250 or something or more, right? So um, for anybody who's listening, you know, Dwayne is by all means not struggling due to his schedule or due to his closings or due to his vacations and holidays that he does for the dojo. They, they bought into the model. You, you told them up front, and they're super happy about it. So I, that's another misunderstanding that people don't get right i used so, to have uh i used to have saturday morning classes you know you'd operate all the way until noon or two o'clock depending on the saturday you know that type of thing and i just decided like why am i doing this and i get it there there might be some actual areas that you have to do saturdays in and, right and, and in order to keep your business alive you got to do it and I just am fortunate enough that this, at this point in time, is not one of those areas. Right, right. And I, um, I love having my Saturdays available because people do 
um, make up at that secondary school on that Thursday and that Saturday. So I have that blessing, but I only have to have staff. There are two days out of the week that I don't need to even worry about staffing or paying bills or being open on those Thursday and the Saturday at least, and they can make it up. And, and I love that they do come to the West Isle location to make it up because they, um, they get to meet each other. They blend together. They see they're part of a bigger family. They get to meet new friends and the families get to meet each other. And it kind of brings them together more. When I was two separate schools, six days a week at one, six days a week at other, they had no need to come over to West Isle. So they wouldn't. And there was like two separate businesses where East Isle versus West Isle, they didn't really mesh, have friends. They didn't care. They didn't get involved yet and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, hey, listen, I wanted to tell you, I have a guy that I did a, a coaching call with the other day who is one of our avid listeners. He, he's on whatever episode. What are we this episode? 220? 224. Right. So he's like up to two episode 223. Like he's he listened to every episode. He loves everything to do. He's, he's opening up a school soon. He goes like, I've learned so much. I'm a head instructor for my teacher, and we're going to open up a school together. He goes, and I, I pre-framed people. I heard episode, and he's like throwing the numbers off at me. I heard episode 120, and that was the one you talked about pre-framing, and it's like you and Dwayne have really teaching. Like he literally got an education in how to run and be a head instructor from our, our calls here. So, like, there are people out there that are listening and really getting something out of it, and I, I think that that's quite exciting. I just wanted to tell you that because I forgot to mention that to you. Yeah, I appreciate hearing that. You know, sometimes as we do these, you often wonder. Um, I mean, I can see the statistics on the podcast and, you know, downloads and all those things. Um, and I don't I don't follow those and I don't push, you know, our product, if you will, you know, I don't, the right. podcast like we probably could because I'm not looking yeah. to make another full-time job out of it. Um, but I, I really like our opportunity that we have to kind of bounce ideas back and forth and, and share yeah. what we've experienced. You know, I don't feel yeah. like I'm, you know, that much of an expert. I, I'm in it just like everybody else, but I have had some experience that I can share and go, yeah, you know, don't do this, <laughs> that type of thing. Yeah. Well, well, you do have the experience, and, and that's what makes you so special. And, and not to shoot my own horn, but me as well, because I'm not just an owner. I'm in the trenches every day. I'm, I'm my hands-on. I teach classes. I manage classes. I sign people up. I upgrade people. I do my billing and my marketing and all that stuff. So I'm, I haven't uh, progressed to the point where I'm hands-off. I used to be that guy, and I just didn't like doing it that way anymore. I started to lose my love for it. And now the more I'm in, the the more I do, the more I love what I do. I don't know if that makes sense, right. but like when you're when you own like a breakfast place and a pizza place and a coffee shop, you know you're happy that they're all making money, and you look at it statistically for the numbers, but you're not married and in love with any one of those because it's you're so hands off. It's just a business for you that generates cash. I really love well, what really you have. Yeah, it's the relationships that you miss when you start pulling yourself out of those things. And you think that um, you actually, oh, I'm going to have more time, more freedom, more money, and more happiness. And that's not always the case. Right. Yeah, I know. Um, it, I, I mean, that's sometimes you, you, you know, that's what you want. But other times, too, freedom is not necessarily 
uh, not doing anything or not having to be anywhere. Sometimes it's the freedom like tonight because I have such a busy schedule. I'm just going to arrange my staff to be at the schools and I'm going to take tonight off because I have a long weekend. I have two tournaments that I'm hosting this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So set up is Saturday morning at 6 a.m., run through to the afternoon, go home and rest, and then all morning on Sunday. By Monday rolling around, I'm going to be trashed and exhausted, right? So, um, and I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, to do a closing on a refi on one of my buildings. So that's going to be something I do on Friday if all things go well. So it's like a busy week. So I'm going to try to arrange it. And that's the freedom that I'm talking about where you and I can, you could do that tomorrow. You can say, I'm going to have so-and-so cover class. I'm going to just stay home and watch TV with my wife. That's it. Well, yeah, I don't really teach any classes anyways. I, I, they're the black belt I go in on on Wednesdays and, and, and teach. I, I am helping to teach some advanced classes just because I want to, but I right. don't have to. Um, right. I do it because I want to. Yeah, that's the beauty, right? and that's freedom. That's what people usually strive for. So it depends on the model. Um, we got another guy, um, Robert Cobra Barnes, new guy on the call, so that's cool. I, I haven't so he's been on Robert. before. Oh, yeah? Okay, cool, Robert. He wrote... Um, but that's what makes you all you all great. You are real people really going through real life school owner stuff. It's motivational to listen and learn. We need to hear uh, hear the good and the bad and falls and rise together. Awesome. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate that. And great to have you on the call with us too. And it's pretty cool. So um so yeah, so let we have ten minutes left, Dwayne. So so retail Sales with integrity, retailing with integrity. What other things could you leave owners? Let's just go with the vein of people who have taboos about closing their school down. You know, you, you close and, and people don't mind. You, they're not quitting. They're not going, give me my money back. None of that's happening. So do you think there are any other retail or not retail, any school owner misnomers or misunderstandings of like, Things that, you know, oh, my God, the students are all going to quit on me if I do this or do that. Do you have anything that you think about? No, and I think the earlier you do it in your, you know, in your uh, birth of your school, the better off you are. When I had implemented it, we were, uh, I would say, still a small school, probably, you know, 125 people at the time when I implemented it. And it was such a close-knit family that I, there was no recoil at all. In fact, I had... You know, people come up to me and say, man, I'm glad that we don't have to come this week uh, because yeah. this week's always busy, you know, visiting family members, yada, 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 that it was, mm -hmm. it was they were actually happy. Um, if right. you're at, you know, if you're a bigger school and you try to implement those type of things, uh, I, I, I think you can. Um, you just, you got to really make sure that they understand the benefits of them taking time off. Uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, those type of things are important to, to have downtime. Yeah. And you know what? Perception is reality, right? So if people's yes. perception is that Dwayne doesn't care, he doesn't teach, he's just running it as a business, I really identify with M Master Bean or Mr. Bean, one of your head instructors at the school, he's my sensei, um, which I'm probably, you know, you and I both sometimes feel good about that, but at the same time, it almost hurts us because we're like, no, I'm his sensei, and I'm the one who started it all. But if you raise people upright, they're, you know, correctly, they're going to be now looked at by the students like we were once looked at. So, but I do think it's about continuing that communication, um, continuing to stay in contact. Like, you can have a different role. Like, for example, a school teacher 
a vice principal and the principal, right? You're not going to go to the vice principal because the kid is failing math. He's like, I, that's the teacher's responsibility, right? You know, you're, if he gets in trouble, the teacher sends him to the office and the vice principal takes care of it. The principal only handles administration within the students, the, the, uh, the teachers or whatever. I don't know for real, but I'm just throwing that out as, as an example. So, you know, it's right. really all about us really, you know, understanding our role and being comfortable with the role that we take, right, and living with it. That's that's my thoughts. Rick Kellerman just joined in. We just found out this morning he posted a picture, and I'm like, it was of Tuhan Chris Sayak on his Facebook page, and um, I'm like, did you train with Chris Sayak? He's like, yeah. I go, you do know that he was my teacher. Like, he literally lived in my house for a year and a half. I was one of his first or a few black belts, like back in the early days. And I didn't know that he trained with them. He's like, yeah, I trained in the basement with these guys. And we're like, yeah, I know those guys too. It was like, we, and we're best, we're best buddies and we see each other quite often. And we never had that connection where we knew that to be happening. Now everyone's joining in now. Everyone's, we're just about to close up the call. <laughs> now people are saying hello. Um, Master Mike Bodansky, phenomenal martial artist. And you know, all these guys are great. So, uh, so do you want to close with anything, Dwayne? Any last thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Lionel, last week you had uh, offered this, and, and I think it's a it's a very, very uh, inexpensive – well, of course it's inexpensive, especially for the information that you're going to get. But the uh, Retail Wonderland product that you have um, I think is a, 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 a steal, and it will help educate – kind of what we've done on these last two calls, a little bit more in depth for the buyer. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, not just creating not just creating a retail wonderland right now for retail, but retail overall for your business. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, Go I like the holistic view, viewpoint that you have um, in it because retail is not just, Oh, T-shirt in the summer. Oh, uh, but now it's November. We got to do a holiday sale. Uh, you know that type of thing. There's a holistic approach that you that you give. And and one thing that you that I learned and I and I definitely implemented from it was doing the uh, the sparring gear in different packages with different prices um, was a game changer, right? Just right, and, and 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 those three different ones, just like in sales, you know, the majority of people are going to buy the middle middle product. That's just the way that it goes. Especially yeah, if I you. Think um, go ahead. No, no, you continue. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. My, my fiance Nicole no. yells at me all the time, so I got to learn. <laughs> well, especially if you um, really do your due diligence in putting those packages together. You can you can actually make uh, the 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 package that people are buying the most, which in most cases should be that middle product, that middle package, actually the one that you make the most money on if you do it correctly. Right. You know if that makes sense. Well, you know it it totally makes sense, but I don't know if the listeners understand it. So there's a book out there that they may want to buy called Biology, like B U I hyphenology, like psychology or you know whatever. Um, so it's called Biology, and the guy wrote a bunch of books, or two or three books that I read that I really loved. The other one was called Brand Washing, B-R-A-N-D hyphen washing, 
about how brands brainwash their clientele to think like, hey, I'm going to buy all of the brand. iPhone and Apple people are like that. Like if you go to an Apple store, it's like a culture of Apple people. They got the iPod, Apple earbuds in. They got their iPhone. They got their Apple computer in their desktop and and they have an Apple laptop and then they have an Apple iPad or whatever. You know who's really good at that is Brazilian jiu-jitsu stylist. There's, it's, you know, I don't want to call it a cult, but there is a following. You know what I'm saying? Some people call it yeah. a cult, but I'm just saying there is such a following that everything is jiu-jitsu oriented. Yeah, and but but isn't that great branding? Like I think that you know yes. that's what people people have to understand um, that. People, when they love a product, they will wear the product. I just tagged in there and I put that the retail wonderland in the uh, in the in the uh, post. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, so I think that that we have to spend a little bit more time doing that, and we have to also look at it objectively. Like my daughter's into fashion; she's going to school for fashion. I'll say, Hey, Kiara, what do you like about this T-shirt? She'll go, I don't like it, Dad. I'm like, what don't you like about it? She goes, I wouldn't wear it. My friends wouldn't wear it. You know, I'm, would teenage boys and adults wear it? Maybe. I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's my, that's my market. You know what I mean? Like, the shirts have right. to appeal. But um, it's it's so the books, Robert, uh, are called Biology. I'll type it in here so you can see it. B U I, and then it's type in. Rick took care of it. Ology. Who did? Oh, Rick. Biology and brandwashing. Yep, that's it. And um, phenomenal books, by the way. Uh, and, and it was really – there's some really cool studies in those books uh, about people and branding and, and how brands take off and how, how certain, you know, yuppies in neighborhoods control the brand, how the neighbors start driving the same cars, drinking the same wines, and, and all this other stuff. So, uh, But, yeah, so, so I think it's very important for our listeners to understand that, first off, you have to get over the phobia. Second – you have to think, like, if you don't have the time to do it, find someone that could do it for you. Maybe there's a mom. I have a great mom in my dojo. She loves to write my handwritten monthly calendar out. I don't, I don't know if she loves to write it. Let me, let me rephrase that. She writes it out for me every month. She's like, you want me to do the calendar? And I'm like, of course. Just great handwriting, and she does it for me. She's sitting anyway, like, for hours at a time, five days a week. She sits in the lobby. So she takes some time, and every once a month she writes that out. You might have a parent that has some skills that might want to redo your retail, right? You might have a student that is in school for fashion merchandising or visual merchandising that would do it for free because they get practice at doing it. Like, don't always think that you're going to, you know, um, impose or uh, put people out. Um, But if not, my thing is suck it up and do it yourself. It's going to take you three hours a month to retail your, you know, and change your retail up or five hours a month. And um, you don't have to inventory tons of product and, and waste all your money by locking it up into merchandise. You can just have a few items. Like I said, if you're going to buy sparring gear, you buy one set of hands in blue, one set of uh, feet in red, one headgear in black, and then whatever other color, you know, and then you put each color up like, and you make a complete set with all the different colors and go, these are our color options. Or simply like I did with you and I shared with you is you make a menu. So you have the stuff on the wall physically and tangibly to touch, but then you have a written menu, a visual menu with all the different options for people to choose. And, and boom, that's how you retail your product. And by the way, again, if you have a bow staff for sale, have three different tiers of quality, have the cheap lightweight one, have the heavyweight banging, smashing one, and have the octagon custom one. 
and then give people the opportunity to buy what they like. They don't want to just be like everyone else. They might have the money and go, yeah, get me the really, like I have a bow staff that has my signature line of bow staffs. It's my own bow, handmade by a woodsman, woods craftsman, with my signature burnt into it with my logo on it. I call it my signature line. They're 80 bucks. I don't sell a thousand of them, but I have a lot of adults that love that bow and it's so well balanced, so well made. And they'll spend 80 bucks on, on the bow. And it's worth every penny, in my opinion, because I would have spent 120 on it. So, well, and they'll have that forever. I mean, it's, it's probably forever. so well made that they, they will have that forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could smash it against another bow, and it's probably going to destroy the other bow. So it's going to last forever. Um, Rick Kellerman says the link is not coming up. Uh, he texted me. I don't know. Rick, what was that on that was behind the scenes? Yeah. I don't know what that meant. That might be your link for your product. No, I just clicked on it and it came right up. Okay. Yeah, okay, well, cool. Right. Well, I know we got to run and um, we, we share way too much. So, but uh, but I think that that's why people people like us. But so, yeah, so uh, good call today. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, when we hang up, I'm going to. Uh, uh, I got to process all this. I'm gonna eat some lunch, and then I've got a um, a leadership speech that I've got to rehearse because I've got our the middle school, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Can't think of it. Student council. So the student, all middle school, all middle schoolers that are in student council have a leadership conference that are in our not just our town, but in our area, like, uh, what is it, in the conference, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, so yeah. there's, I don't know, there's 12, 13, 14, 15 different schools, whatever. Anyways, they're all coming to town, and I, I'm doing a leadership speech for that conference for for them on uh, on leadership. So that's going to be fun. I've got, I've already done this speech before for different colleges and stuff like that, but I, I don't have a full hour, only have a half an hour, so I've got to, i got to pare it down, you know, uh, but still going to point across. Yeah. Good for you. Congratulations. They're lucky to have somebody like you. So that's awesome. Kill it. Do really well and enjoy yourself and, and change lives, man. I'm proud of you. All right. Have a good one and we'll talk to you next week, guys. Thanks. All right. Talk to you soon. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.